Hey Warriors, how y'all doing this evening? Uh, tonight is Thursday, April the 14th, 2022. And I hope you guys are having a great week. I hope you guys are going to have a great weekend. This is Easter weekend, what I like to call Resurrection Sunday because Jesus rose on the third day. He was killed uh, tomorrow, but rose on the third day, which is Sunday. So I like to say Happy Resurrection Day. And uh, today we are discussing the Horde's miniseries, the Netflix miniseries, Midnight Mass. And I have with me today, she's my only guest today. I think this is the first time that me and Jamela have only have only been on here one-on-one. Uh, uh, Jamela Gaunt, yes. Miss Jamela Gaunt. How you doing, Jamela? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. <laughs> well, girl, let, let's just hop on it in, in here. I just, um, because I, I I loved Midnight Mass, and I know you did too. Girl, how did you, I mean, well, first of all, how did you uh, find out about the miniseries? Because I found out about it actually um, through um, Facebook, actually. I saw the trailer and I was and that intrigued me and what intrigued me the most was that it had religion in it. So <laughs> so how did it um how did you uh come to know about Midnight Mass? You know, I um I think that I just happened to be scrolling through Netflix and at that time um it was it was new so when i was scrolling through um it kind of popped up as um kind of one of the i think it was in one of the top 10 at that time on netflix that people oh. were watching you know like the top oh yeah yeah people were watching mm-hmm. um and so then i just watched the trailer and i was like mm. you know like the trailer did intrigue me but i was just like surprised because <laughs> I know I was I was because I at first I didn't like it I mean I didn't like the first two episodes because to me it kind of dragged on a bit and see I I if you know anything about me Jamal I'm sure my listeners do uh if you if if a movie or a show is too slow I'm not interested it will turn me right on off but for some reason i didn't turn this off i didn't turn it off i just kept on going i kept on going yeah and then by the fourth episode i was like for real yeah <laughs> so and then um but this week when i uh watched it because you know i watched it quite a few times i i um I binge watched 
uh, all eight episodes. Okay. And uh, and I was just like, I, I was in tears. <laughs> the first two episodes, the ones that I did not like, I was in tears. Because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so powerful. And then by that third episode, and we gonna we gonna talk about that third episode. Yeah. I I was dang near I was uh sobbing. It was great. It was great. It was great. Now, um now like we said, listeners, Man Like Mass is on Netflix and it came out September twenty fourth, twenty twenty one. And it stars Annabeth Gist, who I <laughs> I feel like can't can't do no wrong. I have loved Annabeth Gist yeah. since. Now listen, I, I'm about to give my age, okay? I've loved <laughs> Annabeth Gist ever since. Uh, uh, what was that show? What was that movie? Uh, Stag or Shag? Shag? Shag the movie. Have you ever seen that? Mm. I have not seen that. That is so good. It stars Annabeth Gish, uh, Jane Fonda, uh, no, not Jane Fonda, her her granddaughter, Bridget Fonda. Okay. And uh, Phoebe Cates. It came out in 1980-something. Wow. I want to say 1987. Something like mm-hmm. that. Uh-huh. But, she, oh my gosh. She, I, ever since that movie, I've loved Annabeth Gish. Yeah. Uh but yeah, uh, it, fabulous show, fabulous show, and and I gotta say that that there were a lot of good actors and actresses on this. Oh yeah, definitely. Yes. Definitely. So okay, now let me ask you, who was your favorite characters out of out of episodes one through four? <clears throat> I think they introduced a lot of the characters um on that first episode, but for um. All of the episodes, one through four. Who was your favorite character or characters, if you have more than one? Um, I think, I think Lisa was probably my um, favorite character. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just a sucker for the kids, for the young folk. I know she wasn't a kid, kid, but um, she just was so. so she was so innocent, even just from yeah. the beginning. I mean, from the beginning to the end, even when she mm-hmm. had her moments. But she was just just an innocent girl who just really, I felt like, wanted to know and to understand. But she also wanted to be very accepting of, of oh, what right. God had allowed to happen to her. Right. Know, just, yeah. And for to me, because that was my favorite. Uh, she was my favorite uh, character, too. For, to, to me... Yeah. She had a child. Oh, excuse me, a childlike faith. Uh, and, oh, yeah. and, I mean, it, and it's fitting because she was a child, but she just right. had that faith of a child, you know, mm-hmm. who uh, who wanted, like you said, you know, she was accepting of what happened to her, even though, and right. we find out that she did harbor some hate, you know. Sure. Sure. And who wouldn't? Exactly. Know, who wouldn't? Exactly. Um, right. So I, I just feel like I felt like she, her character, 
was just spot on. And that girl did a very good job, too. The, the she did an excellent job. Her. She did. A matter of fact, she will be on another show that Mike Flanagan is directing. Another movie oh, okay. that's going to be on Netflix. Uh, called okay. um, The Midnight Club. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah! Remember that um that um I short that, story uh, by Christopher Pike? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. She was. She. She's a good. She's a good actress. So looking she forward to is. seeing her. Yes, we gonna. I'm gonna be looking out for more stuff with her. Um, oh yeah. Another one of my favorite characters um, was actually um, book two. I'll, I'll put them in the same breath because they're mother and son. Andy Flynn and Riley Flynn. I love their sure. characters yeah. because I, I yeah. for Annie, I felt like she she also had that faith. You know, she had that childlike faith too because yeah. she looked at her son and even though she knew that her son was a murderer, she did not let that stop her from loving her son. Right. Right. And, and she didn't stop and, and she she knew she knew that God loved him even though he right. had done this you right know, he had done this terrible thing and you know what uh, Jamila mm-hmm. I think and I told my mom this too the um mm-hmm. yesterday I think I did I think a lot of atheists and I think a lot of people not just atheists but I think a lot of people struggle with why God forgives who he forgives. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think Riley, and this is why he's my favorite character, because, you know, I think he struggled with, I killed this girl. Mm -hmm. But yet you forgive me? Yeah. Right. You know, I don't think he wanted to be forgiven, you know, yeah. at that point in time. Right. Know? And I think he struggled a lot with that. You know, like, mm-hmm. why why would you forgive me? I don't even forgive me. Right. Why would you forgive right. me? Right. Right. You know? And then other people looking out, you know, from the outside looking in. They're saying, well, why do you forgive him, Lord? Why right. do you forgive him, God? Right. You know, or, right. or, or, you know, or what's so good about him? There's nothing good about him. You know, right. why are you forgiving him? You know, right. and I think a lot of people struggle with that. You know, like, sure. and I told my mom, I said, I think that, and I think a lot of people will fall away from the Christian faith because of that very thing. They, oh, yeah, they're not going to understand why the Lord yeah. Jesus is condoning this, you know. Right, right. But yeah. I have to say that, that you know, if people repent of their sins, which is just a turning away. Uh, and you know this, Jamila, you're, you're a pastor. <laughs> but, 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 you know, I, I'm just... Just saying that you know, you know, a turn away from your sins and repent. The Lord Jesus will forgive you of your sins. Yeah. That's just right. how it works. I never will forget. A friend of mine told me. Um, uh, she said, 
um, we were driving to work and she said, yeah, you know, I, I just don't understand. She said, you know, <clears throat> creatures that sleep with other people, you know, have affairs on their wives and everything. And all they got to do is repent, you know. And I'm thinking in my head, well, that's all you got to do, too. <laughs> you know, that's all right. any of us have to do right. is just repent, right. you know. Yeah. And so that's why I think a lot of people have a hard time with sure. if God is really real. Because, right. you know, uh, uh, my, my pastor is talking about that as we speak, actually. Yeah. Uh, you know, he uh, is like, you know if God is so good, why does he allow sicknesses? Why does he allow this? Why does he allow that? You know, that's a lot of questions that the right. people have. You know, yeah. so. Well, in general, I think people, one of the bigger hangups that people have with Christianity in general is that it seems too easy. Um, it's, yeah. it's, it's too easy of a religion. You know, it's the, are you telling me all I have to do is believe in my heart and confess in my mouth that Jesus Christ is, you know, God's son and that he rose him from the dead and, you know, and that he's coming back and then thus I am saved. And we're saying, yes, yeah, that's what the Bible yeah. says. That's what yeah. Romans says. That's, those are the requirements. But a lot of times people are looking for, in religion, they're looking for it to be a little bit more disciplined. They're looking for it to be a, you know, okay, if I go over here and pray six times and that'll do this and if I do right. this, they're looking for it to be a penance type of thing or a tit for tat kind of thing and that's not what it is I mean first of all because there's no way no way that we can even do it we can't even keep right. up with it we, we're yep. human we're never going to do what we're supposed to do and we're not going to be perfect so that's why this is not a penance religion it's not something you yep. can go back and forth with God on it's something that God squashed once and for all and and your goal is to live the best life that you possibly can in, in God's eyes and do right by people. But that's too easy for some people and that's why a lot of people shy away. It just it seems like, well, there's no reason a murderer should be able to get the same freedom and um, forgiveness right. as somebody who stole a pen from work, for example. or so, You know, right. whatever. Yeah. And, and we all struggle with those things. I struggle with them too, but I just, oh, yeah. uh, I just resolve it to, you know, I just resolve it to say, well, that's why I'm not God. Right, and exactly. Not my, <laughs> I, and not I have my said that too. I, I say, God, that is why you're God and I am not. I am yep, just yep. Latrice and I, and Carter. I just say it's, it's not for me, it's not for us to figure out and know anybody. Right. You know, it's, it's not for us to judge and try to figure out. We just, all, all we can do is do the best that God has called us. That's right. And, and, and you know, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Jamila, but in my opinion, uh, and this is another reason why I like the character of Riley so much, uh, because I think that he was coming around. I think he was starting to find his faith and I, and I and I think uh one of my uh uh the side character uh, my my side my favorite side character was Aaron Green mm -hmm. and I think she had a lot to do with him coming around but mm -hmm. in my opinion uh and like I said correct me if I'm wrong but atheists actually make the best believers 
because once they start to, you know, once they do come around, once they realize yeah. that, oh my gosh, this is real. Yeah. The Lord is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And, and I know this to be true, Jamila, because my best friend, my, uh, my best friend since fifth grade, when she got saved, and when I tell you that she wasn't an atheist per se, but she didn't mm-hmm. believe. You know, she wasn't a believer either. Sure. But when she got saved, girl, she got saved. Okay? She, <laughs> listen, this girl don't cuss no more. She she yeah. waited to have sex until she was married and everything. She, she uh, yeah. and that's why I think atheists possibly make the best believers because when they go and uh, another example is Kirk Cameron I don't know if you know you know who Kirk Cameron is mm-hmm. now uh, when he when he was on Growing Pains and I, see I read his book mm-hmm. when he was on Growing Pains he was not a believer he was an atheist he was a straight atheist oh, okay but then when he found God, that was when everything turned for him. And and wow. then he started, you know, as a matter of fact, it was to the point where he was getting all everybody's nerves on growing things. But probably. But he but he couldn't help it. He had this fire under him now that he yeah. had to tell, yeah. you know, he had to tell. And so that's why I say atheists possibly are the best believers because uh, another example Paul who was Saul who was killing the Christians persecuted the Christians when he became a Christian baby he he went hard so I I really think atheists make the best believers definitely something about a complete turnaround Mm -hmm. you know they many of them have really awesome awesome testimonies of um, you know, desperation and how yes. they found God. So definitely, definitely some strong, strong beliefs, believers. Yes. Strong yeah. oh my God. I just yeah. I could go on and on about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so okay, who was your least favorite um character in episode so Episodes one to four. We gonna have the same one. We might as well oh just gosh. say the name together. My least favorite character in the whole series was Bev. Bev. There's no. <laughs> I, I mean, Bev I'm sure we could we could find some other people that could be at least two. But I mean, any Bev. She is the epitome of the hypocritical. Religious mm-hmm. zealot, zealot who that she is like self-righteous at some point wasn't self-righteous her religion at some point wasn't even about God anymore it was no, about her it was, it was about, about her self. it was about boasting it was about what she could do it was about making other people feel bad it was about puffing herself mm-hmm. up it had nothing to do with God anymore nothing nope. that she was doing was about God's goodness and God's grace it was all about that and hey, she yeah. was she played that role yes she I did. mean good lord she did she made me not even she like the real God. <laughs> I know I was like God I'm like, I I, I'm gonna stay away from like you but ma'am 
<laughs> because you know, and 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 in my opinion, self righteousness and, and sin is sin. Sin is sin. Right. There is no sin greater than the other sin. There right, really isn't. Right. Let Bev King tell it though. <laughs> There's some sins that are worse than others, but but exactly. no, but no, uh, sin is sin. But but the sin of pride, the sin of self righteousness, to me, I just can't condone. I I I, Latrice Carter cannot condone that. I I don't like it. I don't like it a one bit. I think it's. It demeans the other people, you know. That's basically what the self-righteous person does. It's demean, yep. you know, it demean me for having these flaws, which, you know, right. you have too, lady. Right. You know? Right. And, and yeah, I just... um. It, it rubs me the wrong way with people, yeah. and and I and I do I pray that's a spirit. I have prayed that spirit off a few people because I I I I, I don't like it. It's just you know. Yeah. That's a tough. That is a um, self righteousness. You know, I don't really even know where it comes from I, I I wonder sometimes I wonder sometimes if some self-righteousness comes from some kind of lack in that person's life I maybe think so. people maybe people didn't recognize them when they were younger you know when they were little they were uh-huh. never you know nobody ever instilled anything in them and told them that they were good enough or whatever and so they feel the need to overdo it as far as pumping themselves up because self-righteousness is about boasting of yourself everything that you do and then again making you feel like you are better than other people because you do x y and z you know and that's another thing that turns a lot of people off of religion period that so you think you're better than somebody just because you go to church right i mean you know just like joyce meyer said years ago in one of her sermons she said going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Nope. Any more than being in the garage makes you a car. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you just because you are in a place and occupying some kind of space there doesn't automatically mean that you You're are a Christian. Thing. So mm-hmm. there are a lot of non-Christians in the church. There are a lot of Christians who are not in the church, you know. And mm-hmm. so what, what Bev's big issue is that she thought because she went to church religiously worked, you know worship mm-hmm. religiously because she worked in the pantry because she did this because she volunteered here because she did this that that made her better than everybody, everybody else, else because yeah. that's what she was doing when everybody's service doesn't look the same everybody's service is not the same so if that's if they have services to do that that's fine but that has nothing to do with what Lisa's service was right, exactly. or what Aaron's service is you know we all have different parts to play that's and right all of those parts make the whole thing go round anyway and so you know she her character did a really good job of showing again why people turn away from the church if you have a leader like that at your church 
And that person, let me say this about Bev and I'm going to be done. That person is usually not the top leader of a church. Yep. If the right. Bevs, the Bevs in every church are never, I'm going to say not never, but they usually are not the pastors mm-hmm. of that church. They are yep. always the wing man, the wing woman. They're always the right hand person. They're always one step below. And, and really, they probably would rather that they would be the pastor anyway. But they're oh, yeah. always this other person. So you can have a super nice, humble, loving, kind, gentle pastor. But then they got these devs. These yes. Are who are I know a few. The devs are turning the people off at church. It ain't the pastor. Yep. The pastor like, what happened to such and such? Oh, she don't go here no more because she says she don't like such and such. It's the bells that's running yep. everybody out the church. They run it, everybody. Girl, you better preach. I'm telling you, yes. And and, and I, let me just say this. Uh, what happened in uh, episode, was it three? I would think say it was three when uh the father had died in front of everybody but then came back i want to say that was episode three Mm -hmm. when bev was not scared of that that would have terrified me exactly okay i knew something was wrong with her right then i said oh i said oh she acting like this don't even bother her right something wrong I'm, a, a, I'm like I would have been running, not from not because what I just saw what happened to the father, but because right. this woman here wouldn't even she yeah. didn't even bat an eye. Exactly. I would have been terrified. You know, that's how you know that something was wrong with her and something went right with her. Uh-huh. Oh, I, I would have been petrified. Did not yeah. flinch. You hear me? Oh my God. Right. Well, okay. My next question is who would, uh, or what was your, um, oh yeah, out of the first four episodes, which episode was your favorite? Which episode did you like the most? Um, probably, uh, I'm probably going to say episode three I very vaguely hold on I got this episode guide up on my oh, okay. point here. <laughs> um I'm gonna say uh, yeah I'm gonna say probably episode three just because I think that's when things started to pick back up. It was the same with me when I started watching it with um same as you share earlier. Um episode one and two really were dragging. Yeah. They they were dragging and I, was I like, almost gave up. <laughs> yeah, I said, let's get to it. As a matter of fact, when I watched episode one and two, I didn't come back to it for a while mm-hmm. of how much they dragged. And I finally said, let me come on and see what the rest of this is about. So I so episode three would be my favorite out of the four because I think that's when things really started to pick up. Um that's when we see what happens with Monsignor Pruitt. 
mm-hmm. you know, we, we get a little bit more insight into his journey, you know, to his trip to the Holy Land and then mm-hmm. coming back and, and everything. So I think that's when we really started to get to the juice of, because I was getting really curious about what was going on in the woods. And I was like, come on, you got to tell me what's happening out here in these woods with these cats. We right. just can't be happening. What's with the birds and but we left episode one and two with all these unsettling, right? A lot of unfinished questions. Unfinished everything. A and lot I, I of questions. Like, oh, so episode three, I would think would be. Yeah, I said the same thing. We just have yeah. the same answers tonight, Camilla. <laughs> I part three, the I mean episode three was my favorite, and I'll tell you what my favorite. Oh my god, my favorite scene in that whole episode. And since we've just been vibing tonight, you'll probably have the yeah. same uh, have the same uh, scene. But baby, this baby, with this baby here, she knows she can act. When Lee, when Lisa confronted Joe Collins, oh yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. had me in tears. Absolutely, had absolutely. me in tears. That may almost be my favorite scene in the whole thing. I have another one that was my favorite too now that I'm thinking about it but that scene was just it was a really good you know everyone we all have to come to terms at some point with things we've done um or things that have happened to us things that we're struggling with things that we aren't over yet conversations we don't want to have um awkward relationships whatever and this was her moment it was her moment to finally be not this perfect little girl she wanted to be honest she wanted to be honest and that's all God wants from us anyway. God already knows what we thinking anyway, so we might as well just say it. You can hold it in yes. all you want to and bust, but if you hold I it in... I say that all the gonna, time. Yeah, if you, if you hold it in, all you're going to do is end up with ulcers and having heart attacks and strokes. You might as well let this... Yeah, I, I was just saying, you know, it, all the things that we have to confront at some point it's just best that we do it because when you hold that stuff in, you end up physically sick. A lot of people have ulcers because of stress and trauma mm-hmm. that they haven't addressed. A lot of people have heart attacks and strokes and all kind of other things because of things. That, and this was her opportunity to have an authentic, in my opinion, relationship with God. Yes. Not just this relationship with God that people wanted to see of her, the humble Lisa who is paralyzed, who always takes her communion and sits and smiles and sings and nods and prays. And right. no, this was the Lisa that was like, why would you do this to me? Why right. would you apologize? I'm mad. I'm pissed off. I'm this. I'm that. You know, it was mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, she needs to get this off. So that definitely was, yes, definitely was my favorite thing. And not only and for her, mm-hmm. but for him. For Joe, too. Absolutely. He needed to hear what she had to say. He did. He did. Be it, um, be it if it was what he wanted to hear. Right. No. Right. It was what he needed to hear. He needed to hear yeah. her say, I hate you. I hate yep. you. Yep. I, I, didn't, I don't want to forgive you. 
Right. But I do. But I do. Yeah. And the other thing that got my oh my god that got my attention was when she said, "I'm not standing in your way, Joe, Kylie." You're standing in your way. Hatred was stand, standing in my way. You're standing in your way. Yeah. Yeah. Girl, yeah. that, oh my gosh, yeah. that right there. Oh. Yeah. It's a very, very powerful scene. Very, very powerful scene. And it, it's, it's really the same opportunity that I looked at that scene and I'm thinking, I wish Riley would have had that opportunity with the girl from the crash that oh, he yeah. killed. Yep. And and I really wish in some way, even just me saying it now, I wish he would would have even just had the opportunity with just seeing her in the vision, not with her being alive, but I'm saying right. I wish he would have had the opportunity that that exchange could have happened in a supernatural way, you know, that yes. she would have said something to him that he would have said something because that is what he was missing. Uh, mm-hmm. A big part of what he was missing was yeah. the the confession of that and being able to confront her and, and just have like a bleeding heart moment of how sorry he was that this happened and that his life got to go on and hers did, you know? Right. Right. And, and, and quite truthfully, he was struggling the way that Lisa was, but it was just in a different. It was different. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Most definitely. And uh, uh, out of the four episodes, which episode was your least favorite? I I um don't think that I really had a least favorite, but for like I said, the first two episodes just lingered on and on for me. They were just yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't really think I did either. I mean I guess I had to pick one and maybe two because I really expected two to do a little bit more than it did. Um, only because you know, episode one was just this introduction to what this all was, right? We had to right. learn about Riley, we had to see what happened, we had to do this, we had to do that, and then they threw on some they threw some things on us really quick with the birds and the stuff and the and the cats in the woods. And so I was like, okay, episode two needs to give me something right. to hook me. And it didn't. It didn't give me anything to hook me. Mm-hmm. The only thing that made me keep going was my curiosity. It's just Right, exactly. Same here. But it was nothing that made me go, oh, I got to come back and finish this. So mm-hmm. I, I was a little disappointed in that there was nothing else that hooked me. Uh, yeah, and I, I think episode two needed to do that. It, mm-hmm. it needed to. It it really very much so did. Uh, yeah. But but what what part two lacked, part three made up for. And episode three was four. a power packed episode. Yes, and but but so uh, I mean, and I don't want to you know um, leave out episode four because that that one was good too it might not have been as powerful as episode three right. but it was a good episode because then we, we see right right we see um the father uh i keep forgetting his name my, my senior my senior paul yeah, my senior Pruitt. um we we see 
how he is now beginning to be misguided. Right. If he, have, I mean, he, he, I mean, he kind of was anyway, because, yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> he, he, uh, this man was old, 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 <laughs> and he's young now. So, yeah, I think he was misguided into thinking that that was a quote unquote angel, you know. Right. Right. But we we see in episode four that yeah he is a murderer, mm-hmm. yeah, a, a liar and a murderer. Yeah, because like Riley said, Riley told his mother. He said, you know, uh, you know, um, all I know is that he lied to me tonight. Right. Right. So and I did not I. At no point until I actually knew, at no point, I just didn't, at no point did I think that the young Monsignor Pruitt was the old Monsignor Pruitt. I thought that- And they did that, a good, he did a good job they of They did that. a really good job. I thought in that- They chest, did a really good job of concealing that treasure chest that he had that chest when that thing was shaking i thought that that was the old monsignor pruitt i didn't think it was the angel see he had brought that angel angel, whatever it is he had brought it over with him but i didn't think that's what was in the chest Uh i thought that this was a young man who had kidnapped old monsignor pruitt oh okay i get you yeah i didn't i had no like I said, I didn't know until I knew. I didn't know until right. I saw it that that was. I said, "Oh, wait a minute!" Uh-huh. I love him and that just. I said, "Oh, this it is him." I didn't really know until they were at the house and they noticed the picture of Monsignor. Uh, yeah, uh, that was episode three. That was episode and three. And then instantly, I went, "Oh snap! Uh-huh. This is." That's him. I'm Seer Pruitt. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I said, so that chest there was filled with that mm-hmm. with that thing that's tearing up all these cats and all this stuff. So that that was a very I, you know, I, and I don't know who else picked up on it right away or not, but I it was it was very interesting how they really played that out. Well, I tell you what, I think another thing that they did very well in concealing, although uh, watching it back, there were some clues. Yeah. But I didn't, I did not think that Monsignor um, Monsignor Paul was Sarah Sarah's father. I did not think oh, yeah, that, no. I didn't think I didn't that he was her father until, like you said, until I knew that he was. Uh, I think right. it finally came out in episode what? Uh, in the episode that we're going to talk mm-hmm. about tomorrow. Yeah, probably five or six. Yeah. Uh, but, um, and here's another thing I didn't know. I don't know if you knew or not, and uh, maybe Nathan, because Nathan Dill is going to be with us tomorrow. Uh, uh, maybe he knew, but I didn't know. It, it, they kind of just glossed over this, but was Sarah supposed to be gay? I think so. Because I think so. Because in, in episode two, 
in episode two, she had her uh, African American friend with her. Yeah, yeah. And and she was saying how, and this is a clue for anybody who doesn't know uh, that Monsignor was her father because she said she was saying how you know, uh, well, he's looking at me, you know, and he's looking at me the way the the old pastor used to look at right, me, you know. Right. And 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 she said, and then she said something else. She was like, um, you know, I, I, and all I could feel was like he knows. And they started laughing and whatever. I said, knows what? I said, and I looked at her. I was like, is she supposed to be gay? <laughs> That's what, yeah, you know. I definitely. That that was that was a, a a shocking but not shocking part of her. Yeah. Character. Yeah, like, because okay. uh, it was like I said, Annabeth Gish to me can do no wrong. She's a great yeah. actress. I love her and any and everything that she does. Matter of fact, I was mad. Had, had, have you ever seen uh, Sons of Anarchy? I did. I, yeah, I used to watch it. Uh, she was on the seventh season, and I was mad that she that that was the only season that she could have been on because the seventh season was the the season uh, the series finale. That was it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I was mad that she didn't get a chance to, you know, uh go on. You know. Mm. Uh yeah, I I was mad at that cuz she is a very good actress. Yeah. Very good. Yes. Well, uh um let's see. Uh uh I, I would ask uh, what was your favorite ki- kill, but we didn't really get too many kills uh, yeah. uh, in episodes one through four. Yeah, not in the beginning. Uh-uh. No, and, and that's and that's another thing about this show because I, I and uh, either you love this show or you hate this show because I do know a few people who don't like this show. And, yeah. and this, and that's probably why, you know, because you know, it does kind of uh, episodes one to four does kind of lack that kill factor. But to me, what made what made this show so scary, and I'm going to ask you the same thing, um, mm-hmm. uh, Jamila, uh, what made this show so scary to me is the fact that uh, people blindly following untruth yeah you know i agree just blindly you know and, and they is you know heck people say the same thing about christians right we we're blindly following right. the lord but right. here's the here's the difference our lord and savior jesus christ he wants us to live eternally Now, right. th- now this monster here, he wanted people to kill. You know, it- it's just different. Yeah, yeah I it's think different. I think the whole the whole storyline basically that you can get anyone to believe anything, and you can get anyone to do anything in the name of religion is what made it is what made it scary mm-hmm. because all of those people none of those people initially gave any indication that they would do 
or that they would be what they were by the end of this whole series. Right. All of these people seem like people who just wanted to, you know, be kind or loving and, and right. worship God. And, but none of them gave any indication that they would be the kind of people at the end of the series that they were. And that is what was scary. It's like they just changed, like, you know, mm-hmm. some, somebody came in and said something and they were like, yes. And I was like, what, what is going on? All here? right. Like, yeah. don't you see? Can't you see any of this? Very scary. It's very, very scary. But it, yeah. it talks to the human nature side of us because that's mm-hmm. exactly what it, what it is, you know, um, the human nature side of us, we want uh, to follow somebody. And that's, you know, like I said, you know, everybody wants a God, but they don't want the one true God. You know, I always say. people want to be led. Mm Mm-hmm. But they, some people only want to be led the way they want to be led. Exactly. They want a leader, but they don't want the leader telling them what to do. You know, they want somebody to be in charge, but only on their terms. So. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And uh well I I would ask uh, how how does this pertain to the Bible, but shoot, we've already discussed it. It is the Bible. <laughs> it is about everything about the Bible. And and you know, and I do wanna uh um uh, um talk about the Catholic faith for a moment because um that's that's what um uh basically um Midnight Mass is about is about uh catholic uh catholicism mm-hmm. and and like my, my mom said uh when she was growing up and i'm sure your mom too uh jamal i'm sure my mom and mm-hmm. your mom are the same age uh and mm-hmm. uh my mom said when she was growing up she said girl the catholic people to us could do no wrong you know uh she said that we thought the catholic people had it going on yeah but see uh catholicism they actually um uh i i do know that um i i know that there are christians they are christians they do believe in jesus christ but they also believe in uh the virgin mary and they yeah. they pray to statues and everything right. like that. So, and I think uh, that's another reason why a lot of people didn't like Midnight Mass, especially a lot of Catholics, because they felt like uh, I think they felt like they were uh, uh, the show was probably mocking their religion or something like that. That's probably yeah. uh, another reason why they didn't. I like the um show, but to me, the show showed us how there are sheep or wolves in sheep's clothing. Yeah, and I mean, nobody at the end of the day, no one, no one wants their beliefs or whatever to be mocked or to be um, depicted in a way that is not favorable but the reality is the catholic church just like every other branch of the protestant church the baptist church any other church all has issues and hang-ups mm-hmm. and these are 
and it did a great job of showing that and depicting that. This very well could have been in any form of church. It didn't have to be the Catholic church, right. but it just so happens to be set in a in, in a location where right. you know a lot of small Catholic churches were kind of thriving in those areas and. Um, I mean, the Catholic Church, like anybody else, you know, for anybody listening to the podcast, um, it's not without scrutiny. You know, the Catholic Church has had its issues for years with um, the alkalite young boys and Mm -hmm. priests. Um, That's something that wasn't even explored in this, and it very well could have been. That's something that they really didn't touch on it at all in this entire series, but I'm sure that if Mike Flanagan wanted to, he could have explored Monsignor Pruitt Pruitt's relationship with some of those men in the congregation, Riley maybe being one of them, being a young boy, an altar boy, it could have been a lot of things that caused that, but they left that alone, so I mean, you know, no, no one. The Catholic Church has been having movies and things made about them since the dawn of time. It's one of the oldest churches, and so can't get away from it, right? Right. There's a story to tell, and um, I, 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 re- I have to say this too, as it relates to Mike Flanagan, is shaping out to be one of my favorite. Mine too directors, producers, creators, whatever terminology people are using to describe this man. He is doing something with these movies and these shows. Yes. That I haven't really seen. And I I didn't even know. I didn't know that this was a Mike Flanagan production, but when I was watching it, I said, gosh, this Something in here reminds me of The Haunting of Hill House. Something in here reminds me of Dr. Sleep. And then I went and I looked and I said, lo and behold, it's Mike Flanagan Mm -hmm. for sure. He is definitely, um, the way that he discusses religion and beliefs in his movies and in these series comes from experience. Yep. This does Absolutely. not come from research. Nope. He did not research any of these. This comes from him growing up Catholic mm-hmm. or growing up in some area of the church. And so I think he's done an incredible job of he has. putting all of this together. And in all of his shows or movies or series, this religious aspect is really, really, it's really good. It's really, really good. I didn't even, I didn't finish blind manner on a side note it was it was kind of blind to me yeah um, yeah me too the haunting of hill house was amazing i, I just absolutely yes. love dr sleep wow oh, uh, oh my gosh yeah, we, we did that podcast did together that. yeah mm-hmm. and he got some other stuff that i haven't really looked at but i know of like uh, stuff like daryl's that. game Daryl's Game is on Netflix. He did that one. Now, I, I didn't finish that one. That one, to me, but but to be honest, I couldn't even, I, I, I didn't even really like the book. And, you know, I love Stephen oh, King. I love yeah. all of Stephen King's uh, um, movies. I don't really like Stephen King's books, 
on that much mm-hmm. only because it takes him too long to get to the main point because he's trying to establish each character and I just don't care by the t- by that point. <laughs> right. But 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 um but his short stories are good though. I, I just gotta put that out there. But but yeah, uh, um Hush. Have you seen Hush? Hush was I have awesome. not, but I need to watch that. Mm-hmm. Hush is awesome. And there's there's only two characters. Well maybe three or four but there's okay. two main characters in that movie but it was still good it, it he has that you know it has that suspense that horror yeah. and everything like that oh my god you need to watch hush if you ain't watched hush I'm, I'm gonna watch to, it yes it, it i'm telling you it is so good and, um, and it was interesting to learn that he was born in salem massachusetts that just cracked me up right? i know right and he his family, it said that his family moved around a lot, mm-hmm. um, but Salem still did leave an impression on him as mm-hmm. far as, you know, the ghost stories and everything. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, I wonder, like, how eventually he got to, you know, horror or whatever. And then mm-hmm. to learn that he was out here in the DMV, ended up in Maryland, um, which is where he kind of jump started his career after mm-hmm. he graduated from Towson. So, He's definitely shaping out to be one of well, my favorites. Uh, did you, um, and I know I'm going off track here a little bit, but do you know who actually went to college in Michigan uh, at Oakland University? Do you know who went to college there, Jamila? Who? Robert England. Really? Yep. He studied, um, I want to wow. say it was theater at Oakland yeah. University. Wow. Yep. As, as a matter of fact, I'm going to ask him about because you know uh, our Texas Frightmare Weekend is in a couple of weeks, and I'll uh, me Brian and Christopher we're we're all going, and uh, okay. Robert England is actually a guest, and I'm going I'm going to ask him how he liked it. Wow. <laughs> uh huh. That's going to be one of my questions to him. How did he like Oakland University? Ooh. Because uh, my my brother uh, Maurice, he uh, well, he didn't graduate from OU, but he did mm-hmm. go there. Okay. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he did. He's just he's he's doing an incredible job with his film. He is, and, and I could tell. I could tell great. that he is a, a a fan of Wes Craven because his work work kind of reminds me. Of how Wes Craven was with his movies. Sure. I mean, you could tell yeah. that Wes Craven really loved what he did. And you could tell that yeah. he had a kind of uh, repertoire with, with mm-hmm. his cast, you know. Yes. And, and the same thing with uh, Mike Flanagan. I could tell yeah. that, that he has... Uh, repertoire with this cast. I could tell that he really, yeah. you know, loves his cast. He cares about what they think and and, and everything. I, I could just tell all that. Yeah. So I really I really do. I really love Mike Flanagan. His movies yeah. are so good. His TV shows are so I'm with you on Black Manor. I do think he could have did that a little bit better. But hey, everybody has yeah. the, even I guess everybody got one or two. Yeah, right? even what's craving. Like, uh shoot, that movie cursed. 
I don't know what the no, heck he was thinking. I was, well, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the heck Wes Craven was thinking with that one, but but sure, but Wes, he was still my favorite director. Yeah. May he rest in peace. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, well, girl, we actually at the end of my podcast for tonight. Tonight, right. I, I um, I you know I would have um, you know I usually do the cast and crew that's passed on. I usually do the five fun facts, but since tomorrow we're going to be doing episodes um two. five through eight. Okay. You know, and uh, so we'll finish up um then. Okay. I'll, uh, I'm gonna have a five fun facts, and if anybody has passed on, because it, it, I mean it's so new, you know it. Um, yeah. uh, it came out last year, but um, I, but I, I know that you know, shoot, you know, a lot can happen within a year. So, but if true. anybody has passed on, I'll I'll uh, let y'all know. Um, but uh, uh, but yeah, but uh, until tomorrow, uh, and Nathan Della will be with us too. I, I'm kind of exci- excited about that because I really want to hear his opinion about everything. Yeah. So, but um, but y'all, until tomorrow night when we finish up our discussion, Midnight Mass episodes five through eight. This has been Latrice Carter and Jamila Galt, and we're gonna see y'all tomorrow. Bye, y'all.